she is one of the most multi-talented athletes ever. Not only to come from Sacramento, but just uh, her resume is spectacular. She is a triathlete, a paracyclist. She was a ESPY Award winner several years ago. And guess what? She is still competing today. Jamie Whitmore, what's going on, girl? <laughs> not much. All right. Not much. I don't believe that because you just got <laughs> back from Australia. You're traveling the world. You're still competing. And you've got kids. You don't have a down moment in your day. So I don't want <laughs> let's try this again. Hey Jamie, what's going on? Well, I scratched some time out of my day to be on the show because I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You, 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 you won me over with that. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. To let our audience know that may not be familiar with you, Jamie has a very unique and tremendous story that basically defies all odds. Jamie was a successful distance runner. She was on the track team, cross country tra uh, team back in high school and in college, uh, went to Cal state Northridge. Uh, then she found a different sport. She found triathlon and then she dominated that sport and winning over 12 world championships between all the disciplines that she's done over the years from triathlon to paracycling and including an Olympic gold medal that she won in 2016 uh, at the Paralympic Games in Rio de Janeiro. But and a good portion of this happened after doctors discovered that she had cancer. She was fighting for her life. She had three surgeries in a year. She overcame it all and won championships, world championships, gold medals after that as now a paracyclist. And she is still competing today. So the big question that everybody wants to know, Jamie, how? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I tell my kids, live your passion. And my passion has always been to travel and to compete. So <laughs> being competitive in sports kind of gives you the best of both worlds. But, I mean, I've been asked that so many times. I've been asked where I get my energy, especially as a mom of four and then doing all of this. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's just, it's just who I am. It's what I do. I just keep finding a way and however I can do it, I keep going. <laughs> but I think it, it definitely is just that love of competing that, that keeps me going because I am going to be 48 this year. <laughs> Sometimes. I won't lie. Sometimes I ask, like, man, when when am I going to hang things up? <laughs> but I told myself at least until fifty, I would I would just keep competing, whatever it was, whether it goes back to off road, whether I start this new thing called gravel racing, whether I pick up sit skiing. That I wanted to keep keep being um, an elite competitive athlete until I was 50. And, and then I would reevaluate at that point. <laughs> okay. But at 48 and everything that you've gone through, I mean, how give our audience an idea of how long these races are. We're familiar with triathlon and the cycling and everything, but you're talking gravel racing, what, all this other stuff. I mean, you just got back from Australia and you competed, right? Okay. How long were these races and, and how many days rounds was this? So for for the para for the World Cup part the the paracycling World Cup my one race is like twenty twenty five minutes that's the time trial and then the road race can be anywhere from 
an hour and 45 minutes to maybe two and a half hours. It just depends on the type of course that is. But then my, one of my teammates and I decided we were going to jump into the rattle gravel race, which is kind of this new thing where it's the cross between road and mountain biking. You, you ride a road bike, but you kind of have fatty tires. And I had never done one before, but they've started opening up these categories for for para-athletes. And so I figured, what the heck, she's doing it. It's here in Australia. Why not? So I borrowed a bike. Thanks to the folks at SRAM and Canyon Bicycles, they they loaned me (laughs) this bike, and I just jumped into the race. And that was a four-hour race because my teammate has one leg, and I have one and a quarter leg functioning legs. So, you know, we just, we rode it together. And I got to tell you, it's remarkable to watch somebody who has even less of a leg than me just climb these massive hills that, I mean, I think our first one was 17%. And I, I made it up, and she had to get a little shove from one of the media motorcycle guys. He brought her back up to me. But the rest, she did all on her own. I did. We just, we made lots of friends. We saw kangaroos. But it was just one of those new experiences, and I loved it. So now i got to figure out how to get a gravel bike and start doing more of these races. But they, they go up to two, 200 miles. It is, is one of the longest races. It, it's amazing to think about. I mean, like you said, you have a, a leg and a half, okay? And everything you went through, you don't have a hamstring anymore. You don't have a glute muscle. And you're competing, winning championships. It is kind of hard to fathom, just even if you weren't competing, for someone to, to hear you say, well, yeah, I'm riding two and a half or four hours. I need two food stops in that time, Jamie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, it's, my, it's mind-boggling to think think about this and your story is such an inspiration to everybody. And I know that, you know, going back to getting that ESPY, I mean, where you were recognized, you know, not only by ESPN, but worldwide talk about how that came about and your reaction to that. And then the accolades that came because of that. It's funny. Cause when I got the email from the folks at the ESPYs, I honestly thought it was spam. I almost deleted it, and if it hadn't been for Team USA posting it all of a sudden on their Facebook page, I, I really would have probably not paid much attention to it. And then I thought, holy cow, I've I've actually been nominated. And the whole experience was probably one of the most memorable, most exciting things I've ever experienced because I have always been a huge fan of both movies and theater and then sports. I mean, I grew up in my household. It was Monday night football. We always watched the Olympics. My dad was a huge baseball fan. And that was just everything centered around sports. I was always competing in something. We, you know, it was trying out different things. Like my dad played softball. We did co-ed volleyball together. I played fast pitch softball. I ran. I mean, it was just, we were always a very active family. So to show up to the ESPYs, and I knew very much what it was. (laughs) <laughs> it was like the who's who, and it was really cool. It was the year that our soccer team was actually doing well on a World Cup level, so they were there. You had, um, the oh gosh, the, the actor that plays Sheldon was there. I mean, it was just so many people, the whole cast of Glee. Um, I mean, it, everywhere I turned, I kept seeing someone. Richard Sherman was there right after the Seahawks had won. And so I got to sit and talk with him, even though I was a Niner fan at the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
And so, it was, I mean, it's just DeMarcus Cousins was there. In fact, he helped get people to vote for me by doing a contest. And so it's just, it was such a community of, of athletes and actors. And so <laughs> I, I mean, winning was just the icing on the cake. Yeah. I would have been happy to walk away with just that experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the free stuff that you get, cause everybody wants you to try things out. Uh, the pre parties, the after parties, I mean, walking the red carpet. And I ended up making like the top 32 best dressed, which is hilarious. Whoa. I think it was just, I think it was just because I was wearing tennis shoes with my dress yeah. instead of high heels. <laughs> As you should. I, come on. I wouldn't expect anything less. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it was just, I mean, like, I still talk about it to this day. It was so cool. Jamie Whitmore, multi-talented triathlete, paracyclist, SB Award winner, uh, going to the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame on Sunday night. When you reflect back over the past 20 years and you view this roller coaster ride that you have endured with the health and near death and and then again having your twins born while you were in the hospital, you know, diagnosed with cancer. I mean, I, I know this is a such a big open-ended question, but when you kind of reflect back, what goes through your mind? And then there has to be one or two things that really kind of either stick out to like, you know, where the second chance comes in or whatever. But I'm just very curious, what goes through your mind when you reflect back? Oh, it, I would say faith and friends. And it's one of those where it's not that my faith was tested. It's that my faith grew stronger. I was, I've always been a believer and I don't know. It was just one of those that I felt there was such purpose in my adversity and my hardships and what I was going through. And I would, I kept telling myself in the midst of it all, when you get out on the other side of this, you're going to look back and and you're going to see the why, because it's too hard to see the why when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it. And then it was the community, the friends that I had made all over the world and throughout the years that. I got to see rally and really lift me up during that time. And even complete strangers that would reach out to me and talk about how what I was going through had an impact in their life, how my willingness to not give up or the fact that I was pushing through or then pursuing becoming a Paralympic athlete. And and it, it just, I mean, it was crazy. It's just crazy how where I am today is because of just so many people in my life helping me (laughs) and maybe me helping them, I suppose too, but just that community of people. You're still competing in your forties and near 50. (laughs) I don't want to remind you, but you brought it up. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You've accomplished so much. What keeps you going? You know, I think through the site, the evolution of, of an athlete, kind of stages of being an athlete. You start out and I was just so focused and driven on winning, 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 being my best because that's, that's, that's what you do. You're always striving for the first place, the top. And then once you reach all of that, what do you do if you want to keep going? Because let's face it, as we get older, there are people half my age racing and it kind of starts to evolve in being more of a mentor or, and supporting my sports. I've been a huge believer in just the fact that women, we have all these opportunities because of things like Title IX. And if we just walk away without still investing, then our numbers go down. 
and it's even more true in parasports is that there there aren't a lot of women and there aren't a lot of people with disabilities that are going out there and becoming elite athletes. So if you just disappear, then, you know, my category kind of declines. And so being out there, I feel like I'm still, I'm still holding my own, by the way. I've made some podium finishes quite a bit, but it's, it's more of just being in the mix with, with them and helping to kind of mentor the next generation that it's kind of tricky because when you're able-bodied, that's what we say for people who don't have a disability, but when you're able-bodied, you grow up through a process with all of these things, programs and everything that help you grow. But sometimes in the world of para sports, you can go from someone who just, you know, jumped into that sport to all of a sudden now competing at a world championship level. And there hasn't been the steps in between. So you can be very green when you show up to, to an event that sometimes with able-bodied, there's been more of a process. And so I think it's all the more important for, for veterans to stick around and lend that knowledge and experience that someone might not get because they're having, they're in the midst of this crash course of showing up at a selection event. And then now you're named to the roster to go to the world championships. You know, so I feel like, I feel like as long as there's relevancy, I'm going to stick around and, and help grow the sport. Awesome. You know, when you were younger, you were a swimmer, then you were a runner, then you got into biking, mountain biking, all that stuff. And, and I know that you had told me before that, you know, Hey, that's why the triathlon really kind of appealed to you because you could use all of your talents and not a lot of people have all those talents, they usually specialize, maybe, okay, they're predominantly, you know, a swimmer and some of those other legs are going to be, they're not going to be as good. But, uh, did you feel when you were competing in the triathlon that you were just as good in one discipline as the other, or did you, you know, you know, feel that, okay, you know, I just let me get through this stage. This might be my weakest one, but man, I kick ass in this one. Oh, definitely the latter. I, yeah. I, I would say even though swimming was my first big sport, that definitely was my weakest. And I, I wasn't willing to put, to invest the time to be better at it because in, in off-road triathlons, it was, it was like 20% of the race. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to spend more than 20% of my time training for it. So I often had to learn to have patience because I would come out of the water, you know, maybe top, barely top 10. And then I had to bike my way and run my way across the finish line <laughs> to try and be first. So it was, it was definitely learning to endure and be patient. Uh, I would say most courses, my strong point was cycling, but oftentimes it, it would come down to the run and we were battling it out. One race, I, I remember being down by an entire mile against my biggest rival, Melanie McQuaid. And I was, I mean, I was, it was kind of a flat race. I had lost my shoe in the mud, had to go back, pull it out, put it on. And, and it just seemed like I was slowly making gains, but I was gutting myself that entire run. And then I saw her with maybe, I'm trying to think a couple minutes to go to the finish line. And I just was hoping she didn't know I was coming, that she thought I was still so far off because I was literally sprinting with half a mile to go. And then I could see her and I could see the finish line and, and I, I knew I had given so much that I didn't know how much I had left. And 
lo and behold, coming into the the finish shoot, I passed her and crossed the finish line. And and it's just like there were several times where races came down and it was that close. Muddy, muddy shoe there. You cross the finish line with, with the muddy shoe. I, I don't know. So, I mean, uh, are you big into pedicures? That's what I want to know. Because I can only imagine, I mean, uh, how many, you know, millions of miles, I mean, have gone on those feet, whether it's running or cycling or whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm not saying I want to look at your feet. I'm not saying that. But, you know, for a guy who kind of enjoys a good pedicure, I'm just wondering if you're into that. No, not really, especially not anymore because I can I can only enjoy it on one foot. I don't even feel the other one, so I feel like I get jit. Uh, oh no. <laughs> what a sense of humor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. And motherhood obviously is, uh, is, is treating you well as well too. I don't know how you find time, uh, for it and to find the balance, but again, you know, competing as much as you do and being able to, to be a mother and, uh, and all this, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a great tribute. It's a great story. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, I don't know how I find time either, but my, my days are definitely spent hmm. from sun up to sundown you know, pouring into the kids while they're at school, pour, trying to pour into myself and then rushing back to get them at school. And I'm always running them to some sport or drama or something. I've even started a running club after school two days a week so that, and I've got, I've had up to like 15 kids choosing to run. <laughs> wow. And I mean, I take them out on five, five to 10 Ks and, and it's just like seeing, I don't, I really want people to learn that sports should be a lifestyle and there's something out there for you, whether you, you don't have to be coordinated and have to catch or throw balls or hit or um, play football, but there's running and there's cycling and there's yoga and Pilates. There's just so many ways that you can move and be active and healthy and to make it a lifestyle. And so that's what I'm trying to do with these kids is showing them that, you know, maybe you're not into soccer, you're not a team sport kind of person, but come out and just run. And the greatest thing about running is you can measure yourself every day. You don't ever have to compare yourself to someone else. It's Mm -hmm. how are you improving day in and day out? And how much further can you go this time without walking? Mm -hmm. So it's exciting to see them all accomplish their first 10 K and be super stoked about the fact that they just ran 6.2 miles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> amazing amazing and i know that you're an advocate of of people participating in multiple sports like you did when you were younger as well too right and everything seems yeah. so specialized these days even though you may be good in something it's it's good to have these kids get out and play and in and, and, and try multiple sports even if they don't aren't successful at them all just try it and you never know where, where you might end up right Exactly. And my other selling point is I tell them, look, if soccer is your focus, running is going to make you a better soccer player. There you go. And, and, and it's just getting them to come out. And I also do plyometrics with these kids. And let me tell you, I never heard so much groaning and moaning. (laughs) (laughs) And then watching them try to do things where it takes like serious coordination, but it's, but it's fun because it's introducing them into something new and, and and it's taking weights out of the equation because I know especially young boys are always wanting to hit the weight room and get stronger and tougher. And it's teaching them that you can use your body weight and explosiveness to get stronger and you're not going to hinder any of your growth or hurt yourself because it's all based off of just your own body weight. So it's fun. 
I love teaching and stretching because let, let's face it, nobody likes stretching when they're young. Mm-hmm. They don't understand the importance of that. <laughs> Jamie, appreciate the time today. Uh, awesome stuff. Congratulations on your induction to the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. Looking forward to see you on Sunday night. Uh, enjoy every moment of it because it is so well-deserved. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it and hope to see a lot of folks out there. You got it. All right. Take care, Jamie. Appreciate you. Thanks. There she is. Jamie Whitmore, multi-talented, triathlete, paracyclist, SB award winner, still competing today. She has an amazing story.